0: Abundant life is uh, that every Christian has a blessing of God upon their life uh, to have life abundant, to be abundantly blessed of the Lord, not just in a small way, but in a large way. In fact, the Bible talks about filling our cup up and running it over, pressing it together, shaking it down, running it over. Do you have abundant life? Abundant life. You know what? The word... To abound means, and that's where we get the word abundant. To abound comes from a Greek word which means more than is necessary. Wow. God has so fixed it that you can live a life that is more blessed than is necessary. Enough and then some. Jehovah Jireh means the God who provides. Who provides. An abundant life is a promise to every believer. Jesus said, That's the kind of life I came to give you. And here's one more with that abound in it. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So there's grace left over if we saved every person. On the world, right now, we'd have grace left over because abound means more than is necessary. Wow. Abundant life. That means God's got you covered. God's got you covered. Father, I thank you for the opportunity today to stand in this sacred place and to speak the word of life. I thank you, O Lord for the experience in your present when you gave me this message and this word to speak. And I ask you, God, that what I felt in the study, that you'll bring to this pulpit and give me clarity, give me good memory, that I can let these people know the things that the Spirit has to say to them. These things we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, for three Sundays, we have been talking about the Spirit and how the Spirit aids and blesses Christian people. How that the Spirit has been available in the Old Testament in that it was the presence of God, the glory of the Lord. And in the New Testament, it's the Holy Spirit poured out. Joel said, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And upon your sons and your daughters and my handmaids, he said, in those days I will pour out of my Spirit. One of the great indicators that we are in these last days is that these are the days of the Spirit, the days when God has chosen to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. You know, there was a time when Pentecostals were kind of in a a minority and had uh, the places I went to preach a revival one time and a person riding with me said if you'll look for the railroad track it'll be somewhere near that <laughs> well this is no wise the railroad track and this is quite a, a building and quite an edifice for the glory of the Lord Pentecostals have come a long way those who believe that the spirit is poured out have come a long way Amen. In fact, the churches that I know that are mega churches and churches that are growing claim a Pentecostal experience. And that's where we are right now. Amen. In the blessing of God and the pouring out of His Spirit. Truth is that we're fighting a tremendous battle. The truth is that our adversary, the devil, is launching scheme after scheme to draw us away from faithfulness. His goal is to disarm us. His goal is to make us sedentary. His goal is to make us dormant, status quo, ordinary, and mundane. Because if you're excited about salvation and if there's zeal and there is enthusiasm in your heart, then there's a contagion about that and it reaches outside these walls. When folks looked at the early church, the Bible said they wondered whereunto it would grow. They didn't see any boundaries. They didn't see any quip in uh, these people that were spreading their message. In fact, by the time the first century is over, the gospel had been carried to all the nations of the earth. Peter was martyred in Spain, preaching the gospel, and he was martyred upside down because he said he was not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus. This gospel has been carried all over the world. Amen. And today we're living in an age which all the aeons of history never could imagine where we're at today. That one man can stand and can speak to the whole world at one time. Never before in the history of the annals of of the world and civilization has that been a statement that was true, but it's true to us today. And as we're in these last few years and last few months, last few days, before the end of days, as we call it, but I want to tell you the end of days is far over. There's a rapture that's next. There's nothing on God's calendar right now except rapture. There is not a prophecy. There is nothing to be fulfilled. The Lord is about to come. I'm looking for him today. I'm looking for him today. If he doesn't come today, I'll be looking for him tomorrow. If he doesn't come tomorrow, I'll be looking for him the next day. Because the Bible said, unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And that's where we are in God's grand scheme of things. We're just waiting. The Bible said, they that wait patiently upon the Lord shall not be disappointed. Wait patiently for the promise of his coming. We're told numerous times to wait upon the Lord. That blessing over in Isaiah 40 that says, blessed are they that wait upon the Lord for they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I would to God that we could understand the great, great blessing of being patient with God and letting God do his own work in his own time. I'm reminded of a day I had some kind of crazy scheme. I got a jump rope and got up here and, of course, Don couldn't jump and I couldn't jump. We got Brandon to come out here and jump rope for us. And the whole illustration was about get in rhythm and get in time with God. You see, in order to get into that jump rope uh, ordeal, you got to find the rhythm and you got to find the timing and you got to time it right and you got to get in there. And once you get in there, you got to hop at the right time. And all of that is just to say this, You need to get in rhythm with God and you need to let God's timing be your timing instead of the other way around. If we could just understand that God's ways are not our ways, you will never in this life and in this world understand the things of God because God said my ways are so far above your ways, so far above the heavens and the earth. Who can know him? He is past finding out, the Bible said. There's no way that you'll ever comprehend God. He is such, so immense. There is no words in English language that can describe God because he's indescribable. Hallelujah. And his people are blessed above measure to live abundantly. Now, the Bible tells us that every one of us are involved in the conflict. I, I must confess to you that most churches aren't. And I must must confess to you that some of the folks in our church are not. It's kind of like fighting a war. The apostle Paul said to the young preacher, Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And then again he told him, said, no soldier that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. Well, there are people in America that are soldiers, and they're on the field fighting, and we're sitting here singing songs and listening to a message. You see, there will always be that group that is engaged and those people that are disengaged. It's so easy for us as Christians just to go through the motions and get in the habit and the routine and lose that special touch that comes from knowing God and the free pardon of sin. We ought to be the most zealous, enthusiastic people on the face of the earth. We ought to be such a light to the world. Amen. Which reminds me, smile, smile takes nine muscles in your face to smile it takes 17 to frown so if you'll give your face a rest you'll find out there's a contagion about that amen there are certain folks when i see them coming i know things are fixing to pick up you know that and there are some other folks when i see them coming Well, we better not mention that. I tell you, God wants His church to be a blessing. And God wants His church to be an encourager. God wants His church to be a a, a hope-building, faith-based. And to do that, you've got to fight one because there's one trying to stop you. There's one that wants to take it away from you. There's one that wants to put the church in the ditch on the side of the road, and he'll use any scheme any kind of ism or schism that he can to stop the church and put you in the ditch. But I'm here to tell him something today, and that is that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I said the battle is the Lord's. There's a war going on. A lot of folks just don't seem to know that being a Christian is to engage in a warfare. The Bible describes that warfare. Paul had numerous ways of, of stating it. And when he came down to his last words, last words are important. Do you know that? The last thing people say before they pass is usually very important. Amen. Do you know what Paul said right before he passed? I have fought a good fight. Oh, I hope I can say that when I'm about to step out of this life. I hope I can say I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I've finished my course. Praise God. What an exclamation of victory and power to be able to say, I won this race that I got in many years ago. It is not to the swift. It's not to the most talented. It's not to the people that have the most style points. Hey, what's important is that you reach the finish line, that you make it to the end of a race that has been run for the glory of the Lord. That's what's most important. It's most important. This war has effects upon Christian people, and soldiers have to, You know, they're not just on parade. That's not the only thing we use soldiers for. Sometimes I wonder if the church is just soldiers on parade. Amen. But when it comes to a fight, well, let's see how silent it got. When it comes to a fight, they're nowhere to be found. Brother, to fight, you've got to have energy. To fight, you've got to have determination. Determination. To fight, you've got to be sold out totally and completely to God. Amen. If you're not, you'll sit on the side and watch. God wants some people that will not just be parade soldiers, but will be soldiers that will engage the enemy. He tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Put on the helmet so it can protect your mind. Put on the breastplate so it can protect your heart. Have your loins girt about with truth so that you can walk with integrity with God. Have your shoes preparation with the gospel of peace. Did you know what Paul has got in mind right there is, is that picture of a Roman soldier. They were everywhere present in occupied lands. And every time he would look at them, instead of saying, oh no, oh my, he said, that's, that's a good picture of me and my walk with God right there. I will gladly wear the, the helmet. I'll gladly put on the breastplate of righteousness. I will gladly have my feet prepared with the gospel. I will gladly above all take the shield of faith that you may be able to what? Quench the fiery darts that are hurled at you. Wow. Sometimes you get in a fight whether you wanted to be in one or not. Sometimes you engage in a struggle against opposition even when you didn't see it coming. Sometimes you're, you're called upon to take a stand and be counted for God. And if you don't have that desire and that will to win for God, then sometimes you'll wilt and you'll faint away from being that person God wants you to be. Listen, any old dead fish can float downstream. But it takes a real live fish to swim against the current. Now, I want to tell you, there's a lot of current to swim against nowadays. And Christians need to be prepared. And I want to tell you, there's battles today. There will be battles tomorrow. Maybe bigger battles than we've ever fought before. Because the devil is launching an all-out attack because he knows his time is short, the Bible said. And knowing that his time is short, he has intensified. The heat, turned up the heat, and he intends to give the church all it can handle in these last days. But faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God is not just a promiser. He will do it. God is not just one that leads and guides. He will do it. God is not one that never shows up. He'll be there. You see, God keeps his word and God keeps his promise. One of the greatest blessings and benefit we have is that he never fails, he never lets us down. He will not allow the sun to smite you by day nor the moon by night. Yea, he that keepeth me will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or of what shall I fear? The Lord is my life and my salvation. Blessed be the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, come on and give God some great praise. Fought a good fight. One of the greatest blessings that we have. And let me tell you this we'll leave that whole armor. Sometimes we think that those shoes are just having them shod with the preparation of the gospel. That's all defense. But did you know the Roman soldiers, when they fought their various campaigns, even with barbarians, they had spikes that they wore on the bottom of their shoes. When a soldier would get trampled upon, they made killing out of their shoes as they tromped over the masses. And Paul said, for me to put on boots like a soldier, what does that mean? That means you can stomp the devil. That means you can stomp your situation. That means you can stomp upon things that threaten your blessing. You could stomp upon things that come against your marriage. You can stomp upon things that try to cause you financial ruin. You can stomp upon things that would tear your health away. Hey, it's not all defense. There's some offense in this thing. One of the greatest weapons that God has ever given to us is the Word of God. The Word of God. You have no greater example than that of Jesus. That when the devil, the Bible said, came to tempt him. How did he wind up in that temptation in the first place? Well, he just got baptized. And the Holy Ghost had just descended upon him in the bodily shape of a dove. And the voice spoke from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And the next verse, say next verse. Next verse said, and the Spirit of God drave him. That's what it says, drave. And I know I would have said drove, but it said drave. Drave him into the wilderness for to be tempted by the devil. You mean this was the Holy Ghost idea? You mean the Spirit of God? Moved upon Jesus and incentivized, that's a good word, incentivized him to go into the wilderness for to be tempted of the devil. Wow. And the devil came to him and said, Surely you're hungry. He appealed to him on his appetite. Sometimes the devil will make you desirous and hungry for things that God don't want in your life. Sometimes the devil will set a table and appeal to your appetite. Sometimes the fight is right there in your home with some things that would like to attach themselves to you that God says, don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. In order to do that, sometimes you got to run. In order to win that battle, how can I win a battle by running when Potiphar's wife puts the coat on you and embraces you in her arms and says, I want you? What did Joseph do? Did you say he ran? Sometimes you win by running away from something that could cause you a lot of harm. Sometimes the battle is fought in your mind and in your heart about what you're willing to fight over. There are a lot of things I'm not willing to fight over. But there are some things I will fight to the death for. Amen. You see, if we could just, get united around the things that we agree on, if we could just somehow come together and stand upon those things on which we agree and those things that we disagree, let God work them out in every person's heart. Amen. Amen. I I have a lot of people that talk to me a lot of times and I don't agree with what they're saying. And they don't agree with what I said. You shouldn't have said amen to that, Don. <laughs> but my Lord, who would lose relationship and friendship and camaraderie over something that really don't matter? I found out that church people and Christians, I'll just talk about us this morning, can find the most Insignificant things to fight to the death about. And I often say to you, we can handle those big things, you know, like carpet, color of carpet, and curtains to go in the Sunday school classroom, number four. We can, but that's some big things. That's what gives us trouble. Who's going to bake the meat for the next meal and who's going to bring potato salad and who? I don't like her dressing. <laughs> My Lord, you're going to go out and fight over dressing? It's amazing to me the small things that we'll put the gloves on and walk in the ring and slug it out. No soldier that wars entangles himself with the things of this world. Brother, the least you can be attached to things, the least that you can have to do with those appetite allurements, the better off you'll be spiritually. Spiritually. Just identify something for what it is and say, Lord, give me the strength to stay away from that. And sometimes a thought will come to your mind, and you got a battle. Sometimes the devil will use imagination, and that's a battlefield. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, if the devil finds out that he can attack you in your thinking, attack you in your mind, he'll torment you forever. You'll have that to deal with every time you get down to pray every time you get your bath and clean you up and get your dress on to go to church you'll, you'll have to fight that until you give him a once and final no why do you keep coming and knocking on my door no why do you keep leaving me text message no why do you keep suggesting things in my mind no the answer is no resist is that what it says resist the devil and he will flee from you sometimes you just got to resist sometimes you just got to put your foot down and say no no satan that's enough of your torment no satan that's enough of your attacks that's enough i won't take another bit of it you leave me alone and get out of here Pastor, do you talk to the devil like that? I sure do. I sure do. And he will always try to fight you in your mind. But the word of the Lord. Seasons change. Flowers grow and winter snows come. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Forever endures forever Paul wrote to the Romans 720 I think it is my delight is in the law of the Lord which is after the inward man you see you're sitting there and you're outward woman an outward man but the inner man is the one that really needs to be touched spiritually spiritually And there's this battle that goes on between what's inside you and what's out here. Boy. Paul said, my delight is in the law of the Lord after the inward man. But he said, but I see another law. And he said, that law is in my members. It's in my hands. It's in my eyes. It's in my ears. And most of all, it's in my And that law that is in my fleshly body brings me into captivity. I become a bond person. I become bound up. I become a prisoner because of that law of sin that comes in my life. My delight is in the law of the Lord. But I'm captured by the law of my flesh and sin. Oh, wretched man that I am. Wretched man that I am. Wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Next verse, I thank God. Who's going to help me live right and live holy? Who's going to help me resist the devil when I need to resist the devil? I thank God. I thank God. I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. For with, listen, for with my mind... I serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the rest of me, it wants to serve the law of sin. So I'm going to be fighting this battle between spirit and flesh. And here's the trick to winning that battle. Stay so full of the spirit that the flesh doesn't have occasion to make its case. Hallelujah. And the next chapter starts like this. There remaineth therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath He made me free from the law of sin and death For what the law could not do could not do could not do because it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin why did Jesus come to this world hang on the cross and die for my sins why that you and you, and you, and you, and you, and you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow. Might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are of the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. Here's a good one. But ye are not of the flesh, brethren, if so be that the Spirit of God be in you. Anybody in this house got the Spirit of God in you? Anybody here me listening to me, have you got the Holy Ghost in you? Ye are not of the flesh, if so be that the Spirit of God be in you. And if the Spirit of God be in you, then the flesh is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now we've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And Paul says there, So then, brethren, they that are of the flesh cannot please God. They that are of the flesh, that battle that you've got is about pleasing God. They that are of the flesh cannot please God. Brother Jerry, how in the world do I do that? Galatians 4.16, I believe it is, maybe 3.16. It says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the Spirit lusteth against the flesh, and the twain are contrary the one to the other. No mixing. I said no mixing. Either one or the other. Either you're walking in the energy of the flesh or you're walking in the energy of the Spirit. They that are of the flesh cannot please God. So you're either pleasing God or you're not pleasing God. That's just breaking it down just like it is. So, anything that would cause you to not please God, kick it out, throw it away, put it down the garbage disposal, get rid of it. Because anything that would keep you from pleasing God, oh, no matter how wealthy or how much it is or how expensive, get rid of it. Because the one thing you want to do is please God. Please God. Wow, that's great stuff. I love that. That 11th verse said, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus be in you. If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus on that Easter Sunday morning, that brought again our Lord Jesus from the grave, if that kind of spirit is in you, then that same spirit shall quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Have you ever had an Easter in your heart? Well, I've had a few, Pastor, over the years at church. I'm talking about one you had. I'm talking about when you became regenerated. I'm talking about you were dead in trespasses and in sin, but you got resurrected by that same Spirit that brought Jesus out of the tomb. If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus be in you, then that same quickening spirit that makes alive shall also make you alive. Oh, Lord of mercy. I wish some people could come alive this morning. I wish some people here today could feel the Holy Ghost so powerful in their life that the Holy Spirit would come alive, that resurrection power. No wonder Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. No wonder Paul said, I desire that uh, life with him more than I desire anything else. Praise God. Come on, Olivia. You better come on. These folks will think I'm going to preach all day. And I just might. There's a scripture over the book of Revelation. Lord, I'm skipping over so much. And that particular verse has to do with war in heaven brother Jerry I thought all is peace forevermore on that bright and golden shore what a day glorious day that will be and all heavens had its share of fighting too verse 7 revelation 12 And there was war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And there are differing views about that. There are many theologians that look back to the very beginning when in heaven there was an insurrection. And there was this Lucifer Who means son of the morning, morning star. And he was, the Bible said, more beautiful. He was the one who led the divine cherub, the Bible said. He was the guy in charge of leading praise, Rocky. How about that? And the Bible said that a third of heaven followed him. And God responded by casting them down out of heaven. Where did they land, Pastor? Well, you'll get it in a minute. They landed here because the Bible then called Lucifer the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 3, 3 and 4, 4, 3 and 4 says this, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. God of this world, prince and power of the air, He's called. No wonder you have such a time praying through the stratosphere, trying to touch God. No wonder sometimes when you get down to pray, it seems like heaven is brassed over. But Jesus said, don't you worry, I have prayed for you. Satan would desire to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. And if you ask in my name, in faith believing you'll blast a hole in that stratosphere and it'll reach the heart and mind of god for when you pray in jesus name there's power that surpasses all other powers when you pray in jesus name he said if you ask anything in my name i will do it at the name of jesus dead people get up and walk at the name of jesus lepers are cleansed at the name of jesus Blindness, halt, and withered, palsied, they received their healing because there's power in the name of Jesus. Some think that that describes what happened, that John had some reminiscent story or from the Mish- Mishrad or one of those early stories from the Torah. But hey, I believe that's sometime in the future. Why? Because the devil, the Bible said, is the accuser of the brethren. He's got access somehow to be an accuser of mine. It's in the courtroom of God. And when the devil shows up for his timely meeting and God asks him, Where have you been? And Satan says, I've been walking to and fro in the earth. And he said, what did you find? He said, more important, it's what I didn't find, God. I didn't find one person in all the earth that loves you and is true and faithful to you. And God said, And God said, and God said, hast thou considered my servant, Job, a perfect and an upright man, one that escheweth evil, that does what is right in the sight of God? Oh, I wish that when the devil walks in to accuse this church before God, and says, there's not anybody in that church that's worth saving. There's not any of them that's prayer is effectual. There's not any of them whose walk is sincere. They're all a bunch of hypocrites, da, 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 da. And God says, have you considered my church at harvest? Have you considered what you find when you looked at my church at harvest? Wow. There was a big battle to fight for Job. Big battle. But the Bible said when he came through it, he was greater and better and more than he'd ever been before. I love the fact that when you work for God and do God's work, obey Him and do what He asks you to do, you'll always come out better. The weapons... Paul was defending to the Corinthians they had attacked his apostleship they had attacked his integrity and his witness with God and Paul was telling them back it's not what's on the outside that God looks at that God looks at the heart this battle is won by people who have their hearts right with god and paul then makes this statement for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not fleshly they're not worldly they're not carnal brother don't ever try to fight a spiritual battle in a fleshly way don't ever try to do things in the spirit that you learned how to do in the flesh don't ever try to make a mockery of God by resorting to fleshly things, somebody say amen, that's good stuff but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty not through me but they're mighty through God. Hey, the weapons that you've got, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, they are mighty, mighty through God. And they tear down. They tear down strongholds. They tear, tear down those places where the devil has come into your life and built a, built a strong place. And if you're going to blast him out, you're going to have a big job doing it. He's already got in and established some of his holds that he expects he's going to defend. strongholds. But there's something that is mightier, mightier. Mightier than all of that. For you see, when the archangel Michael and his angels fought for God, verse 7 of that 12th chapter of Revelation says this, that the angel Michael leads the heavenly army. And in this army are fallen, unfallen angels who remain faithful to God. Daniel 10 and Daniel 12 refer to Michael as a prince. Holds a special role. There's only one other reference to him. It's in Jude 9 where he is described as Michael the archangel. He most probably holds the highest rank among God's angels since he bears the leadership over the army. Do you know God's got a, a general in his army? Did you know that God has got an angel that loves to fight? The Bible says that Michael drove back the prince of Persia so that Gabriel, the archangel who is a messenger angel, could get through with the message for Daniel. Did you know that Michael still fights for God? Did you know that Michael is still in charge of the heavenly army? Psalm ninety-one, ten: there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Angels watching over you, in fact, the Bible said they encamp round about those that love and fear the Lord what I'll just paraphrase it, the rest of that. What happened in heaven was God spoke and told Lucifer he said, that's not enough. You don't have enough. Can you believe that? you don't have enough. You don't have enough to defeat me and my church. You don't have enough. Your bombs won't blow it up. Your rifles won't shoot and kill them. You, you can't do it. There's not enough. You don't have enough. I'm glad that God still got enough, aren't you? That He's still got enough. That no matter what you need, God's got enough. That no matter what's troubling you, God's got enough. That no matter what is making life miserable for you, God's got enough. And the devil is not enough. But God's got enough. Stand with me, please. God's got enough. God's got enough. Take that person by the hand that's standing by you. Not enough. Satan, you're not enough. Lucifer, you're not enough. Devil, you're not enough. Hell, you're not enough. Imps from Hades, you're not enough. You're not enough. God told me, you're not enough. God said in His Word, you're not enough. He said, no evil would come nigh my dwelling. He said that no weapon that the devil fashions against me will prosper. And faithful is he that calleth you who will do it. God will do it. And God is mighty. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. Not me through God. If it was just me against Lucifer, I wouldn't stand a chance. But the thing I've got going for me is that the mighty God, the almighty God, the all-powerful God is for me and not against me. The plans that he has for me are good plans. He has come that he might give me prayerful things that I've prayed for, things that I've asked him for. And if I ask in Jesus' name, he said, I'll do that. I'll do that sam told me the story not long ago again about a man that rushed into his jewelry store and snapped his gun in sam's face and it snapped it wouldn't fire the bullet a few minutes the police were there and captured him and got the gun and walked back and showed it to sam And showed him where the firing pin hit the cap. No weapon. No weapon. You're not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Heart disease, you're not enough. COPD, you're not enough. Diabetes, you're not enough. Cancer, you're not enough. Praise God, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. Thanks be to God who always causes us to conquer. Overcomers by the blood of Jesus. Satan, you haven't got enough. Hell, you hadn't got enough to stop this church. All you hordes of hell and all you imps You haven't got enough. We will win. We will prevail. We will overcome. We will stand around the throne of God and sing redemption song. We will escape the awfulness of the tribulation period because God said, I will keep you and I will sustain you. With my right hand, I will uphold you. My hand is not shortened that it cannot save. My arm is not heavy that I cannot extend it. You're the apple of my eye. You're the people of God. You're my prized possession, and I'm not going to let the devil defeat my people and defeat my church. Hallelujah. God, as we've gathered here today in your name, As we preach this gospel message about fighting the good fight and weapons of our warfare, I pray, Lord, that you would help every person in this house today go away from this meeting armed and dangerous spiritually. Satan, we come against you in the name of Jesus. You take your slimy hand off of the people that are oppressed. You release those people that you've got oppressed and in bondage. And in Jesus' name, God, they're freed today. Freed by the power of God. Freed by the Word of God. Freed by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I feel that in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for touching Rod, who's better today, O oh Lord, and believing you for complete healing. Thank you, God, for Ann Taylor that's believing you for complete healing. Thank you for Scott Miller. Thank you, God, for Sister Ford that's believing you for healing. God, we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. We'll give you praise for all the victory that is won through Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And in Him we live and move and have our being. And we go out these doors to be the church in the world. God, empower your church to make a difference. And may we be good examples and witness of God's grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you and God go with you as our prayer. You have a great week and use your weapon. And gyro you are renewed